Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of Culture Study. Today we're going to be discussing the beautiful, gorgeous and extremely captivating world of Sargooks. So Sargooks are basically a genre in itself entirely. So when you divide the word, Sa means history and Guk means drama. And uh, it basically means historical dramas. So within Sargooks, there are different categories which we will get to. But what makes Sargooks such an interesting genre is that they're usually epic dramas and they are set in, um, you know, the historical times of the Three Kingdoms, Goryeo, Sheila, Pekche, Gaia, and uh, later to the Joseon era as well. So usually Sargooks are a complex web of lies, inner court politics, betrayal, deception, you know, love in the time of the kings and it's a whole royal extravaganza. So guys, what do you all think about Sargooks? I think everything that I've seen up till now, excluding Korean shows, I have found that they rarely explore historical shows as a genre. You know, it's just a one-off thing. We see maybe one show set in the 1900s, one show in the 1800s, but it's not a consistent genre where we have plot lines that are both fictional, non-fictional, rom-com, serious, Mark Jung, everything. So here, I believe the country churns out about at least 10 uh, sagoks per year and you know, they cover an entire range. So they actually have a target audience that is willing to watch historical shows as opposed to the modern shows that international audiences enjoy. Korean historical shows, sagoks, I feel like there is a type of a niche that they have created in a way that like usually okay there are western shows uh, Indian historical shows as well which we have on our television screens but you know with Indian uh, historical shows there's a lot of hue and cry about it there's a lot of uh, what's right what's wrong a lot of fact check that goes into it with western shows I feel it's a lot of romanticization of the history itself it's not mm. the story that they push forward it's the idea of you know history that they push forward True. but in Korea and with Sagoks that they present to us it's a lot of, though it may be fiction, of course, it may be, uh, you know, some facts may be made up, but it's all very real and they show it in its truest form and it always has some kind of uh, meaning behind every one of its show. So, Sargooks fall into typically four categories. We have the authentic Sargooks, you know, from the Three Kingdoms era. So, you have Goryeo, Sheila, Pekche. And the authentic Sargooks do focus on keeping the political and historical facts accurate. So, a lot of the Sargooks then, you know, were focused on uh, telling a more documentary style right. of uh, history. And the 1990s and 2000s was considered the golden age of authentic Sagook and the viewership for Sagooks reached as high as 60% and channels like KBS, MBC, SBS as we know are government run and funded pushed a lot of Sagooks because it was also one way for them to push a narrative of being proud Definitely. of uh, Korean cultural history and I think we can also mirror this with an Indian context where you know when Doordarshan used to play Mahabharat and Ramayana, Ramayana. for us like that was what we grew up watching and it is just one of those things where here there was a very authentic portrayal of um, you know these historical
people's stories and it also gives a sense of cultural identity and pride and sagooks you know for that reason were both educational and also culturally relevant i think uh, with sagooks especially what they tried to do was you know these second gen or the third gen korean who were of different uh, ethnicities right like korean american korean uh, japanese korean chinese like basically of two different cultures they tried to promote these sagooks so that they would understand what their culture was what their culture was based on before it became what it is right now so i feel when they put out this sagooks it's also based to you know cater to those kind of audiences and also to the older people but not mm. so much to the older people because they have a different idea of sagooks they have a different idea of historical korea that they belong to I think that was the initial goal to kind of yeah. propagate this idea but after that I think it just grew into its own thing yeah. right with so many fictional stories I mean we see it all over with love in the moonlight tale of nokdu 100 days my prince all of these are fictional but yeah. they have that common era and that costume right, that set right. design right and that actually brings me to the second category of sagooks as fusion sagooks where they're not necessarily just following the authentic historical plot line they're also So looking at a slight fusion here and there. So as Ahana mentioned, Tale of Nokdu, um, the very popular Scarlet Heart Goryeo, yeah. you know, which um, had a time traveling aspect added to it. Even as recent as Mr. Queen, you know, where they blended again on the time traveling aspect, but also brought modernity hmm. to the Choljong era. Yeah, you know, so it's very interesting with that fusion sagooks blend um, modern storytelling with historical fiction. And obviously, that doesn't mean that everyone is. open and deceptive about it because a lot of creative liberty is taken and as we see with Lee Jung-ki's character in uh, Scarlet Heart Goryeo yeah, he plays yeah. the fourth crown prince Wang Su who in history has been documented as being an extremely volatile and brutal ruler but there's a lot of historical contradictions that are done for the purpose of the show but that being said fusion sagooks are something that are generally i think appeal a lot to hmm. the international audiences More than that, I think the fictional ones that you're talking about, I think it makes sense because in this current time of political sensitivity and so much scrutiny, it makes sense to just come up with something entirely new, so no one can find faults with it. Yeah. You know, when you try to actually take and uh, get historical characters into a show, it's difficult because you have to keep with the public narrative and build your own narrative around it. So that is a challenge in itself. That's why these uh, a lot of uh, networks are taking you know liberties with all these shows that we mentioned. Even I think. around to a certain extent though it did have some accuracy in terms of the existence of the warrior poets after that it was pretty much just idols and all these popular actors coming right, together right yeah. right right it was just like a mickey mouse club of good looking people in a way yeah, but somehow worked its magic of course it did and yeah. i remember and but i feel you know what like for example if this fusion is not there then it would be kind of dragging especially with today's time and age of course it it worked yeah. well in 90s and 2000s but if you watch the same dramas today of course the classics are there but if you sit to watch the same sagooks again it can be kind of boring and very much dragged on and also since they're so long as mm. someone was mentioning the average length is i think 40 episodes yeah. absolutely no yeah. we can barely keep up with 16 40 episodes is just too much and they do require that kind of time to actually set the scene to get the stories going yeah. so mm-hmm. you know having this kind of fusion is really making sense at this point especially for international audiences because yeah. the fusion uh, sagooks you can reduce the number of episodes because you're not introduced 
introducing a lot of plot lines yeah. like empress key for example is a is sort of a fusion drama for a sense that it does steer away a little bit from history and uh, but at the same time it cannot be condensed 16 episodes because they're yeah. really taking like 20 years of the queen's life yeah. so her rise to power and uh, the entire pitfalls that she goes through is documented in that in fact i would say a good example of a fusion saguk is kingdom wherein uh, it's set in uh, the joseon era but what's really interesting is that they have zombies it's a zombie apocalypse and i think it's genius, it's genius. who must it's have even thought genius. about that i mean to even come up with such a concept of course they have their own kingdom issues to deal with but you have zombies <laughs> yeah, entering the place i mean Amazing. there's nothing else and you know because we're talking about a time where there's no technology like with walking dead and stuff you had guns you have technology yeah, you have you know uh, you have phones to contact yeah, each yeah, other communicate yeah. this difficult. is in the chosen era where one of the biggest issues is malnutrition and lack of food storages exactly here people are eating each other that's what they use it so Oof. smartly they yeah. use the fact that there is lack of food and there's drought and all of that so smartly that you know they're dying for meat and they don't know what they're eating and they end up eating what is a dead person and they all turn into zombies yeah, it's so and the good. worst part is you know one region can't tell the other because there's no communication the best exactly. they can do is you know light up those big fires to kind of send mm-hmm. some signal some vague yeah. signal like something bad's happening but we don't know what is happening but just get it to know that something bad's happening And so we let's move on to the third category of saguks which is faction saguks um that's basically fact plus fiction and what happens here is that it's a reinterpretation or a retelling of very well documented figures of history so we've seen this with uh, samdang uh, who is a lady that's on the korean currency and we've seen this in um, other dramas like jumong in empriski as mentioned as well the focus is that you take a historical person a figure and you do a retelling of their lives but not necessarily do a documentary style with authentic sago these kind of dramas are of course very much more you know famous and they don't fall into a lot of issues or problems as fictional dramas do because the thing with these are they are facts but it's just a different person telling a story every single time right. and over time of course everyone's version of the story is going to change everybody is going to come up with new ways of telling it so with th- these kind of like with this category i feel this is the safest category and at the same time you can understand history a little bit of the fiction world as well i think yeah honestly it is safe because you already are introduced to the characters in maybe your upbringing or something but it's tricky because you're telling a narrative exactly. so you know you don't know whether you should portray that person in positive light negative light it just depends on everyone's perspective yeah it's just a different writer so it's a different story every single time that's true i think an, a very interesting example for this would be splash splash love it's a two episode drama and it's one of my favorites because it's super cute it's really funny and in splash splash love the king is actually sejong sejong the great who uh, started the korean language you know yeah. because of whom we have this incredible language so it's another retelling of his life but they make it very clear that this is you know that this is a retelling this is not historical fiction this yeah. is just fiction so i think in stuff like that it's really interesting because you get to bend history a bit and there's no portrayal of uh, making bad people good it's just that it's a different perspective that yeah. is shown which i think is very interesting 
And the last category in Sagooks is Deha dramas, which are basically dramas that um, are produced by KBS. And this is a specific KBS property where they take somewhere around um, 18 months to even three years to make this property, where these can be long dramas, you know, like we're looking at 100 episodes and uh, they will do like a long form documentary of a particular time in history. So these are extremely highly produced, extremely expensive to make and are very, very accurate. And usually they garner like really high TV viewership because of the fact that it's historical, but at the same time of its high accuracy. talk about actors i think yeah. historical dramas is this particular terrain that really brings out the kind of actor you are because you mm -hmm. can't solely rely on your looks unfortunately these days a lot of actors do yeah it really kind of it stretches you to your thinnest and it makes you act in a totally different era obviously because you can't be the modern guy that you are you have to kind of uh, adapt to this whole new scenario and honestly some actors thrive in this for yeah. example kim so hyun she is amazing in all historical shows I like her in her modern shows as well but historical shows is like game on for her I think to add to that Kim Tae-ri uh, So Ye-ji yeah I would even say Kim Soo-hyun for that matter yeah I mean Kim that embraces the sun I think all of these people have mastered the art but then I, I think in our very recent episode Mr. Queen we spoke about uh, this idol actor Yu Young Jae how he was you know he's from this group and he could not just get into the role and we are not saying that he didn't do a good job at acting it is just that he could not pick up the accent or the way they are in real life which is very important when you're playing a role it's because as Ahana mentioned it's not all looks it is also the way you enunciate each word it's mm -hmm. the, about the way you present yourself in front of the camera when you're in a historical fiction show so it's true that in terms of the development of the Korean language, here's where Sakuks can be very interesting for international fans as well because we're accustomed to, you know, hearing the sole standard accent that's used in gay dramas and a lot of Satori is used for either specific dramas if it's set in Busan, so for example, the Reply series, right. you know, usually have like, oh, yes. you know, some characters that will speak in Satori. Yeah. But in Sakuks, you know, it's a whole different ball game because we're still looking at the development of the Korean language. So if the drama is set before um, Sejong the Great then you have um, a lot of Korean with you know Chinese mixed into it and like the older older way of speaking it so the inflections the tonality the whole pronunciation it's completely different in fact I would say the vocal registers are much lower right you know yeah. for both men and women so it's not uh, easy to get that immersion right. That's why I think Empress Ki seeing Haji Won as Empress Ki is bone chilling because she's just so good. And that immersion is fantastic. So these are like, you know, really make or break it for actors if they can pull off a sago can do it well. And usually this is like, you know, the Oscar baiting for Korea. Like if you do a sago can you do it well, you're gonna get a desang. For sure. Yeah, in fact, I feel one actress who really did the switch really well was Ayu because uh, in Scarlet Heart, she started out as, of course, you know, a regular person in today's age and time. And then she went to the historical era. When she went there, the change or the switch in her way of presenting herself or in her accent or the way she spoke, I think that just shows as to how much it takes of an actor to invest because it it is a lot of effort. You can't just go there and speak the same way. It is 
because I think we saw this in Record of Youth where Park Bo Gum's character chooses a historical drama mm-hmm. for his breakout role, and yeah. he actually wins awards for that. So it is actually fact. In in fact, I think uh, a real life example for someone like that is Jang Dong Yoon with A Tale of Nok Do. He really broke out, and he managed to become the lead after doing so many second lead shows. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. he's coming out with Joseon Exorcist. that sagooks you know when you look at it from a different perspective you know it's also korea's way of really owning its historical narrative because korea as a country has been surrounded by two extremely dangerous and powerful neighbors that's china and japan and historically there has been a big toss for power from both the countries on who gets korea so korea has been like the punching bag for both and you know whichever side of history that you choose to sit on as an outsider you can see that you know from all perspectives korea was just like a fun toy that both china and japan want to play with yeah. so you know to see that um, the kind of erasure that the chinese are trying to do with korean history where you know articles as recent as them trying to reclaim the hanbok as theirs trying to uh, say that kimchi is a chinese dish and not a korean dish and little little things you know which uh, are more high school drama than actual political interests you see that via sagooks korea really wants to stake its historical claim Definitely. and you know we see with i wouldn't say it's a sagook but we see with something as recent as mr sunshine that's you know not set in a sagook era you know a historical drama and you know korea's way of talking about the japanese colonization that uh, what that happened in the country so you see that sagooks are also a soft power I would say definitely. I mean, the rest of the world is moving towards Western ideas. Even yeah. the uh, modern day K dramas, which are meant specially to cater to international fans, they have you know their compass is more or less set towards the West. It is with the sagooks that they are managing to make that stronghold of Korean history. Now, talking about this, I think one very important factor to talk about in sagooks is that they are pretty much. always about the royal family always yes. always always like even if it will start out as a common man who is struggling in the in in the historical era but then it will turn out that he's a long lost son of a royal family yep he is a prince yeah and who he was abandoned when he was young because the mother plotted against him and around the royal family or some member some of the royal family it. it's never about the regular but then also i feel that you can only appeal to an audience when you have something to give them right like some information to yep. give out and And royal families are a topic which is talked about, be it in any country. Uh, talk about modern day guys, Harry Meghan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh my god, that is quite the buzz. And we know that once that topic comes out, it can go on for hours together. I think this is their way. Like in modern day, they always like some chebol in the scene. Yeah. So it's all about power. There, the power was held by the royal family. family. So that's where what it centers around. You know, but exactly. it will be very interesting if we see a drama where it's not the royal family in focus, hmm. but genuinely, you know, exploring the, the life locals, yeah. of the locals. Because you know, um, you see in dramas that some of the biggest issues are like the bone rank system, where people would marry within their caste. You know, um, Korea is actually not caste based; more class based issue. So, depending on which clan you are from, you would marry in that clan, and um, a lot of stuff. You know, where about um, you know. You know the malnutrition that happens, a lot of abuse of power. So it would not make for a very glamorous and glorious it setting. Yeah. Like yeah. we wouldn't say the gorgeous handbooks that we see. Oh yeah, you know, or attires, like the, the attires, palettes. the palettes. So we would not.
not be able to yeah. see all of that. In fact, I remember in 100 Days My Prince, it started out like that, right? Like it was a very simple village scene where uh, Dio, who is the main character, runs away and he is in the in, he's in the village and we see Namjoon and they have like a very simple, you know, cotton-based clothing and it's it's nothing mm-hmm. over the top. It's not something which will catch your eye, but of course that show was very famous. But then of course Dio is from the royal family. So it's it's never because with the locals you don't have like a selling point. Yeah, because they were just treated so badly. Yeah. What do you say? <laughs> they what were do you say? really yeah. they were really treated as second-class citizens even if they were, you know, from um uh, you know a higher status because the feudal system was also so prevalent. But it would be interesting to genuinely explore a sagok that's yeah. not set in a historical um era or a sagok that is not revolving around the royal family. A sagok which mm-hmm. is just plain and simple about the locals and the family there and the life there. I think that would be something which would be interesting. I think let's talk about the kind of performances that we, you know, see are relevant and important in a sagok. So, for example, we keep talking about, you know, Haji Won and Empress Ki, and I would say that when we look at the kind of female representation and writing of female characters, they are generally stronger in sagoks. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because, you know, you have Queen Sundok, for example, Empress Ki, like very strong, powerful women, you know, who really decided to fight for. what they wanted despite of being a a woman b a queen c nobody taking them seriously they were like i don't care we will fight for our power but is it just me i don't know if you guys think the same but always like especially with the women characters in sagoks they have always had like an evil side to them yeah true they are never a pure or a plain person who is just okay i'm a good person i'm going to be a good queen and a noble person a humble person it's always they have this never uh, this evil side to them or evil stepmother or evil uh, sister in law or second wife somebody mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. other an evil female character they will never have a evil male character if you see sagoks a lot they have evil evil male characters but not as much as evil female characters they are like more war yeah. oriented like especially enemies in, uh, in war is a male character yeah, like yeah. pure vindictiveness is given to a lot of the like the, the dowager queen yeah. or you know like great grandmother or something that way yeah or a concubine or a concubine yeah. but again you know while you see that women are portrayed in a slightly more vindictive fashion still the characters are fleshed out in a way where you see an arc and mm-hmm. i would say that it's surprising you know because you would say that you know given historically that women would have not been in a better position to fight for their rights in sagoks they are really shown as women who will do anything to establish their power to establish their power to run the kingdom through their son through and their yeah. sons yeah. yeah we have seen a lot of those kind of sagoks where the stepmother is running itself, yeah mr you know? queen itself yeah. where the stepmother is running the kingdom through her son so i feel it's like when it's within the house they are trying to show that okay the female leads the house and it's also her evil characteristics that's leading the story forward that's true sagoks that you would recommend for a first time viewer so for a first time viewer seeing that sagoks can have a lot of heavy content it is not something that is light at the same time you want something which will keep keep you hooked on the screens you know you can't just have a lot of historical information being put into your head you need to have some sort of entertainment and a good performance i would definitely recommend 100 days my prince because it has a good storyline it has i don't know for namjoon but it has good actors otherwise <laughs> and i like the 
basic plot line of the story. I just like the way it flowed. I think the second show that I would recommend Scarlet Heart Rio because oh as much as an emotional roller coaster that show was it just was very i don't know i just felt like a lot closer to that show than to a lot of other sagooks which i have watched in the past and honestly i am more of a person who likes modern k dramas and who's not into a lot of sagooks so when mm-hmm. it comes to sagooks for me i need a selling point i need something that needs to catch my attention so these were honestly the first two sagooks which i looked forward to watching and i can watch it again but there are again sagooks which you know these like evita and ahana might like but it might not be my cup of tea yeah, i understand that like jumong is one kbs sagok it was released way back in 2006 you know it's very historical heavy you know but i really like it i would recommend empress ki but i think if you're someone who really just wants something light and fun then even something like love in the moonlight is not a bad option as well even and tale of nokdu i think is a very yeah, yeah. good I option i love tale of nokdu and it has a quirky storyline <laughs> i mean does. just think about gender it. bender historical dramas yeah. like taking two genres and Oof. then putting them together yeah. so beautifully and that too not with a female dressing as a male but the other way around oh my oh, god jungnong in such a sport yeah honestly. i think he is one of the versatile actors that we have around in especially in this time and age when we don't have a lot of actors who are willing to get out of their comfort zone especially yeah, with the new school true. dramas coming up and the great thing about sagooks is that it can cater to a multitude of audiences like if you're like svetlana and you don't really want to do a very strong historical heavy show you can do a lighter show a fusion sagook and i think that's the beauty of just in general the korean industry is that it's very adaptive like they have extremely unique concepts so when you go back to the drawing board you see that their idea of history is not catered to just glorifying the past they can have fun with it like for example scholar who walks the night one of the uh, one of the driving forces behind the king is a vampire it's a vampire story set in the Joseon dynasty who would have thought who would, who have, would have thought, thought? this and is like beyond storytelling man yeah and it's very interesting because they are talking about history it's set obviously in you know the reign of um in the reign of the king but at the same time they're like okay let's tell this a bit differently i think that's where you know k dramas tend to be so attractive to a lot of new audiences because on a conceptual level it's so different it's so interesting that you just begin to wonder how did you all think of these concepts where is this coming from i think for me some shows that we can recommend them to people who come from a different genre background for people who as you guys said like light and fluffy shows Tale of Noctu is great. If you want a retelling, My Sassy Girl is great yeah. mm-hmm. with Juwon. Uh, Huarang is great if you like that eye candy scene. Then, if you want that supernatural blend, Kingdom as we recommended, The Scholar Who Walks the Night, Arang and the Magistrate. Yes, 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 right. But then there are those who like the story for the historical aspect, for the storyline. So for those people, I think Six Flying Dragons is great, and uh, Moon That Embraces the Sun is great. And if you are not in for those long forty episode or sixty episode shows, you can go for newer ones like The Crowned Clown, yeah. which received great ratings. So shows like this. 
they're so diverse yeah. everyone has something to choose out of i like the you know like hearing like the older uh, you know korean language because it's so interesting to hear the development you know especially when you kind of can tell like we can't i can't speak the language but i can tell there's a difference i can yeah, tell they're saying yeah. differently and it's nice and you get that after a few years of watching it but when you get that ch- when you get that switch it makes you feel it's good so fun, yeah mean, it I makes you enjoy k dramas a little bit more yeah and also i think for like an international audience you know i think it's it's true for all of us you know that you know regardless of which country you're from you've grown up uh, either being exposed to your country's culture only or to like the western culture there is little to none we know about the eastern culture about yeah. you know they are kind of you know day to day life or their pop culture or their historical fiction like most of us know about the civil war in america and stuff but hardly of us know about you know why taiwan is technically not a country for example yeah. you know so we don't really know what struggles these countries went through to be where they are today so i feel these shows are a good introduction to it's them it's genuinely fascinating yeah. you know to see you know and it's actually even more interesting to pinpoint your country's progress and development yeah. at the same progression of where the other countries were yeah. so i think you know seeing that um, and you know a fun fact for you guys is that uh, korea and india share the same uh, independence day really 15th august yeah are you serious yeah, i did not know that <laughs> you know it's i always try to look at it this way that it's so interesting to see you know when you compare india and korea in terms of economic progress and yeah. social progress so um ahana was telling me something very interesting uh, off the record what was that i was just saying that south korea has developed from being an absolute third world nation it's become this first world country in a span of i think they had their olympics in 88 reply 98 guys yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's been it's barely 30 32 years since that time and they have developed at this rapid pace honestly i'm not sure their society and culture has been able to keep up because it's not something that a culture and a society manages in a span of 200 300 years how can you cover that up in yeah. 30 years so the values remain very close to home hmm. close hmm. to india but the kind of budget the kind of technology they have hmm. it's like hmm. far superior it's, yeah. yeah and it's it's the same with india also where india is perhaps from now going to experience a better boom here's hoping fingers crossed but you know you cannot really compare an asian culture rise with a western culture because the west can it steal our culture <laughs> and our tea and our spices and our kohinoor and touch you about i just yeah. feel like when you see india's history and when you see korea's history i don't know why but i can see the similarities in the mm-hmm. way the kingdoms were set in fact i want to leave you guys with this one very interesting uh, thing that i found out was that uh, it's a legend apparently that ayodhya and korea had important strategic relations so there was a princess her name was princess suri ratna who was also known as ho hwang ok who went to korea in 48 ad some 2000 years ago and she started the karak dynasty by marrying a local king wow. so yeah and it's like said that her ancestors are still there and it's Whoa. written in like the history textbooks there that she came from ayutthaya kingdom and it's wow. so interesting because you know i was watching a video on the similarities between tamil and uh, yeah, korean, korean and like there are so many so you know korean. words that are you know like you know in common yeah. where even the hotok which is like they are uh, which is basically like uh, i don't know if i can call it Italy with like stuffed red mung bean inside of it, but it's like a it's a dish you have when it's really cold in okay. Korea. 
there is an exact same dish like that that's eaten also in south india as and a similar version here in mumbai which is very similar to the entire concept of dough with something sweet filled inside is puran poli yeah <laughs> it's so interesting the like the flow and transmission of culture and you see that there are a lot of shared you know influences and experiences from yeah. both ends and where is korea where is india but you know it's just and the connection there so gyo Thank you so much guys for listening to another episode of Culture Studies. If you like our episodes and want to know more from us then do check out our Instagram at @dramarookies where you can also tell us which drama we should review next and other culture study topics that you would like for us to discuss and research about. Yeah.